Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless Possible. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara McDonald, and hello, producer Annabelle Lee. Hi. Hi. Coming up on today's show, a big old quick and dirty from Roxy Jasenko's $40,000 mastermind mentoring program that's causing a stir, the rise and rise of buckle fat removal, a tell-all memoir about an Aussie media boss's many affairs, another Instagram post from Megan Fox about Machine Gun Kelly, and then I have lots of thoughts and feelings about a couple of comments left on TikTok by Selena Gomez <laughs> and Ailey Bieber, and I'm just going to use this as my outlet to talk about it. Why she's grumpy. <laughs> I, I, I have, like, an irrational amount of thoughts about it. But first, Michelle, before we get to any of that, how's your week? I don't know if I have much from my week to discuss. No news is good news, as they say. I have started personal training, guys, well which done. I just want to nice. sneak in. I don't think I exercised for a good I want to say three years almost. <laughs> you went on walks, hot girl walks. Yeah, I went on walks in like lockdown and stuff before we went through like the years that should not be named. I was into the gym. I loved the gym. And then we went into lockdown and I didn't work out for like three years in a row. And she's back. I'm back, but I can't walk upstairs today. My legs are literally that sore. Yeah, but isn't there something so beautifully smug when you have a sore body from <laughs> yeah. working out? Remember when I started Pilates and I made it like my whole personal brand <laughs> and now I just like don't do Pilates? anymore. <laughs> I'm like, a small part of me is panicking because my little brother Tom once had rhabdomyelosis because he was exercising at school and like they had like a teacher kind of encouraging them to keep going. He kept going. He didn't have the guts. He's like a people please like me. Didn't have the guts to say, I can't keep going. Went to the point where his muscles didn't just fatigue. They started breaking down and oh, he had to go to hospital no. in case he had right. organ it's been failure. two weeks and Michelle's already like, I'm working out too hard. I, I'm definitely going to hospital. <laughs> That's my week. I want to recommend, speaking of exercise, Physical 100 on Netflix. 
I am not the first person in the Shameless office to watch this and love this. Our scandal researcher, Eilish Gilligan, actually brought this to our Ask Shameless newsletter last week. We get all of the team members now to kind of crowdsource their best recommendations. Eilish has been watching Physical 100. She adored it. I jumped on the bandwagon with my mum on the weekend. I adore it. If you haven't heard of Physical 100, it is a Korean reality TV show where they get the 100 fittest people in the country together to test who is the strongest, fittest, best across the board. Right, Mrs. Fitness today. <laughs> I, it's so, so good. I'm actually desperate for this to come to Australia and for them to get like a bunch of AFL athletes, swimmers, you're like, maybe me. <laughs> May I say it's giving Ninja Warrior? It's giving Ninja Warrior. And crossed I, with, I don't say that in, as a compliment. <laughs> crossed with Squid Game oh, okay. in the best possible way. I don't even need you to like it. Plenty of people on Netflix like it. It's like the number two show in the country right now. So we can do without that. What, what kind of dog. challenges do they do? Oh, okay. So the first challenge, I don't think I'm spoiling anything. A grid drops from the ceiling, right? And you have to hold on to a bar. So you've got like sumo wrestling. So you've got a bit of Survivor in this as well. So, oh, if you love the Survivor physical challenges, you will love this show. Right. It's like those back to back. They have to hold on to these bars as they're like raised into the ceiling and then the floor drops out and it's water. And then it's whoever can hold on the longest that determines your ranking one to 100 to begin. I just love it. It's so easy to watch. My siblings are into it. It's like the family TV show of the moment. What about you? What are you recommending? I've got two recommendations this week. So I'm going to move through them very quickly. It will make sense why I've got two though. Because the first thing I want to recommend is a book that I read over the weekend. But it's not out yet until April. And I don't want to recommend it annoyingly as a flex. I just want to recommend it while it's fresh and I'm passionate about it. It. you can pre-order it the book is called romantic comedy it is by curtis sittenfeld some of our listeners might remember how much i adored curtis's book rodham do you remember that book that she wrote yes. about hillary clinton but it was like a fictional portrayal of hillary clinton if hillary didn't marry bill you wanted it included in the shameless book club and annabelle and i vetoed it i <laughs> Sorry. loved i didn't i didn't even need it in the book club i loved it and so i was really excited when i saw this book land on my desk and it is a, like a romantic comedy in a book but it's set on a tv show that's a fictional saturday night live and the main character is a sketch and comedy writer Ooh, and i think the i love it yeah, yeah I think, I'm I, in. I, think I I'm do in. think particularly annabelle you would really like it oh i'm out michelle <laughs> i think you would i do think you would like it but i think you struggle with romance a bit more. I that Not is... in your real life, just when consuming it. <laughs> I can't deal with knowing where the story's going the yeah, whole time. Yeah, exactly. But I know it's a fictional show, but it's set very much on the structure and the routine of working on Saturday Night Live, which we know is a completely gruelling commitment. And, of course, the story is about the comedy writer who, you know, the celebrity guest of the week comes in. He's very hot. She doesn't consider herself particularly hot and uh <laughs> the average looking girl who's actually beautiful but the whole book is actually about it's it's no it's not even she about has that. red hair <laughs> she doesn't know she's so beautiful no the book actually cracks jokes about that and the other okay. thing that's really beautiful about this book or quite smart i think is 
the whole book starts with the main character resenting the fact that male writers on the show are constantly dating like supermodels oh. a la you know like a Pete Davidson mm. and it doesn't happen to the female writers yes and okay. then then the book kind of takes off it is really good it's not out till April as I said but I do think I had a string of pretty average books for a while and I read it in a day and a half and I think there's nothing better than feeling like you're back on the good book bandwagon oh if you're not checking the page numbers as we so often say in our book club it has to be a four or a five out of five book exactly a quick other recommendation if you want something you can consume right now I have started listening to a podcast called The Drop by the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age it is Osman Faruqi who used to host the culture with Schwartz Media. He left Schwartz Media is basically creating, I'm not going to say that the same show <laughs> in case. A very similar uh, show. Yeah, a very similar sounding show for the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. And I was very excited about this because I missed the culture. He did a wonderful episode with another journo, Meg Watson, about Magic Mike. Now, I do want to say on the record, we did some sponsorship about Magic Mike's Last Dance. This is not at all sponsored. This is a completely different conversation. I listened to this because it's been a long time that I've heard people talk about pop culture and celebrity in a way that gives it a lot of respect. Mm. I know that's what we sort of try to do on this show, but it's really nice hearing two people talk about Channing Tatum's Magic Mike and the making of that franchise and just talking about it in a way that makes me want to go back and watch that first movie. Yeah. Yeah, like really makes me want to go back and watch that first movie and how it is actually a bit of an institution of a of a series. Love a series? It. Do you call three movies a series? A franchise. A trilogy. Franchise. A trilogy. Oh, that's way better and than a franchise. <laughs> franchise is like Coles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, franchise. Oh, I actually, can... It is a franchise yeah. because if it's branded and sold merch and things. And they sure. do magic, Mike. Why are we yeah. stuck on this? <laughs> but I will say the second half of this episode, they interview the director, Steven Soderbergh, who's also like quite a highbrow director and I didn't realise he had directed the Magic Mike franchise. Neither, but I have heard Soderbergh, which yeah, means I'm like blowing up in my brain. The Oceans, you know, franchise yeah Yeah. so he's like quite a big deal it's really 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 good couldn't recommend it more they're my recommendations for you i think they are great recommendations (laughs) we're god we're starting in a lovely way i love you guys (laughs) i I am feeling very easy breezy chill loving today i'm feeling really happy yeah good so am i i guess i don't know annabelle's like well i don't have an option (laughs) why did i just have the edge to hold both of your hands yeah let's just come on hold my hand hand no don't all right we're not doing that why are your hands so sweaty because i'm a sweaty person i'm actually i'm quite sweaty as well today anyway shall we jump into the quick and dirty yeah guys we're gonna do a big bumper quick and dirty as zara told you in the intro we are starting off with story number one Roxy Jusenko blasted over her new $40,000 idea. That is from news.com.au. All right. So this is your story of the week, isn't it? <laughs> you did love I it. I tried to pass it to you. You've <laughs> no, just no, tried no, to pass it back. This is by no means Roxy Jusenko, first and foremost, first mention on Shameless. She is an Australian entrepreneur who's been known for years as a PR maven. She famously bought a $270,000 Mercedes for her nine-year-old daughter, Pixie. Recently, we spoke about quite an extravagant birthday party that she put on for her child that randomly people were like quite outraged about. Maybe Pixie Jusenko gets more mentions than Roxy. True, true, true. Well, Roxy is back in the headlines this week because she has launched a mastermind mentoring program where she will let aspiring entrepreneurs into her brain essentially know her tricks of the trade and how she runs a business. Here's a snippet of Roxy promoting her new program. 
The Roxy Jasenko Mastermind is your chance to work with me as your business coach and mentor alongside an intimate group of like-minded, driven, and successful entrepreneurs. If you're open to feedback, ready to learn, and willing to implement right away, this is for you. All right, so as we learned in the headline, the spots in this program of 40K each. As the Daily Mail reported, a year-long fee-paying place for a Master's of Management at the University of Sydney is cheaper. If you're going to do Roxy's course, it's 40K. If you're going to do a Master's of Management at University of Sydney, it's 36K. Yeah, if you went to uni, though, how I went to uni, <laughs> the money wasn't worth it. No, you just didn't turn up. Well, you probably get more out of Roxy. <laughs> well, truly. Now, there are only 15 spots available. So Roxy's set to make about $600,000 from this venture. For your 40K, I, I imagine people are wondering, what do you get? Well, you get two hot seat sessions a month. You get monthly tips and resources, email support, and little stuff like live in-person events and a free copy of Roxy's book, which should take 30 bucks <laughs> off the 40 grand. I do stress a little bit that if the asking price is 40K and one of the dot points is a free copy of my book, I'm a little stressed that maybe yeah. we're trying to pad this with things to try and add value. Now, this information was picked up by Influencer Updates AU and then the media more generally. Influencer Updates AU's followers pointed out exactly what I think the majority of listeners would be thinking. What the fuck is with that pricing? It's astronomical. Yeah, it is astronomical. But then the other part of me is like, I mean, I wouldn't spend $40,000. I mean, I don't have $40,000 just to spend on it. But that said, if somebody does have $40,000 to spend on these, like not to be Pollyanna here, but it's like, who's to say that they're not going to get a lot out of learning from someone like Roxy Jasenko, who has built quite a few businesses to her name? Like she, yeah. the proof is in her pudding. Yeah, I think as well. Don't get me wrong. I think 40 grand for this is absurd. It does sound really overpriced, but people are allowed to really overprice the products that they sell. And also you don't have to buy it. I no. find it really interesting sometimes when there's this like outrage on social media at the way a clothing brand is pricing their items, at the way a bath robe is priced, a course is priced, whatever. Because for me, it's kind of like no one's reaching into your wallet. If you don't want to pay it and you don't think it's worth it, don't pay it. Like, we do have this kind of odd outrage about things like this. Well, it was like conversations we've had about, like, maybe influencer-led clothing brands, the ones that may be made in Australia, for example, and people, like, are often demanding that, like, things are locally made. Mm. And then when they see the price tag, they get so mad that things are so expensive. And mm. people want a lot. I don't know why I went down this tangent. <laughs> but all I am saying is I remember us having that conversation to be like, if something is priced in a way that you don't think is fair... It's, it might not be for you. No one, no one is tying your hands together, pulling your credit card out and tapping the little machine. And, and if they are, you're, you've got a bit of a problem. It's bigger than the $40,000 you're spending on the course. Now, I am really curious. I think we should poll people in your Save Friday. One thing for me is like 40 grand is so steep. Will there be any demand for this? Who yeah. has? I think she's charging. It's 40K if you want to pay as a once-off. It's like 5,800 or something around that if you want to go month to month. So it's a little bit steeper. Who actually has the money for that just lying around? And if you do have the money, 
aren't you already kind of well equipped? You probably don't need a course like this. Well, if you have that money, could you get like a proper one-on-one business coach for a year? A hundred, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I'm not going to say 100% because I don't <laughs> no, know. <laughs> I'll business coach you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Our second story. Perth Venue says Harry Styles fans should not camp outside Venue for his Australian tour show. That is from Enemy. Guys, this story's been rolling around on the internet for the last few weeks and I think it's finally time we talk about it because Harry Styles is down under. He is. His first performance was in Perth on Monday and, man, oh, man, the lead-up to this concert was so dramatic. Now, it all kind of went off without a hitch, but... Sort of. I mean, there were people lining up in 35-degree heat from 8 o'clock in the morning. Yes, But generally were. without a hitch, yes. And based on the lead-up... I think people were prepared for potentially the worst. Exactly. Let me start by asking you a question before I jump into this. Are either of you on Auslot TikTok? No. no. Okay. Is that the Australian lottery TikTok? No, the Australian love on tour oh. drama TikTok. <laughs> oh, no. So this is where all of the drama around Harry's initial Perth show came about and it started a few weeks ago when there was a few people but one main very invested Harry Styles fan who told people going to the Perth concert who had sort of standing tickets that there would be a system for their lineup so this one (laughs) random person on TikTok (laughs) said look we all know that being on the barrier for a Harry Styles concert is a priority especially for someone you know sexy as Harry we want to be up close (laughs) and so this person said look it's pretty commonplace that a lot of people camp outside the stadium before we start right yeah and they said if we are camping outside the stadium what we're going to do is create our own internal ticketing system (laughs) where we hand out wristbands with numbers on them so we know what number you are in our line which is not at all affiliated with Harry or Venue <laughs> in our line so that the people who got there first can get to the front of the line. Now, TikTok blew up about this because people were like, you can't just create your own... <laughs> She's a businesswoman. ...ticketing system. And it was a brutal system as well. It was like, we'll give you a number, but if you leave that line... You have to forfeit your number and go to the back. I do love the girl boss attitude of being like, I want to be at the barrier, so I will create this purely so I can get like ticket one. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Now, naturally, people were pretty outraged by this saying, like, (laughs) I'm not just going to abide by your rules. Like, your rules don't matter to me. And then the venue actually had to come out in the lead up to the concert and say, and this is their quote, any patrons queuing or camping prior to ATM on an event day will be asked to move no priority entry will be given to anyone camping outside the venue prior to event day and fan made early line <laughs> systems will not be honored i'm sad for her i feel like the effort should have been rewarded well, can you imagine turning up to a harry styles concert and someone random giving you a number of a system you just have to abide by the thing has been quite stressful for layman harry styles fans who are just going to these concerts to have a bit of fun like I have been reading on TikTok that there were some people were saying that if you're in the back of the pit, you have to learn the boot scoot. Do you know what the boot scoot is? Yeah. As in boot scoot and baby. There's like this dance, but it's like a fan generated dance that they do. I'm sorry. I hate that <laughs> so what? Much. Well, if you hate that, there's also been talk at a lot of these concerts and I didn't know as much about this, about fan projects. So fans, <laughs> I'm so deep on this side of TikTok, by the way. We can tell. Yeah. So fans have been talking 
talking about organizing a project for Harry, which basically means that fans organize maybe thousands and thousands of pieces of paper to hand out outside the venue as people are walking in with instructions on what to do with that bit of paper. So that when <laughs> at a certain point in the concert, when Harry is performing, you hold up the bit of paper to kind of put on a bit of a show for Harry and, and he will notice it. And it was all fan orchestrated. Is this to like show Harry how much they love him? I think so. Okay. And the comments around this was also incredibly funny. Like I read one comment that had hundreds of lights on TikTok that was, sorry, I get a piece of paper handed to me for a project. I will legit eat the paper. (laughs) (laughs) There was another one that said, I am paying to watch him perform. I am not giving him a show. (laughs) The whole thing just sounds a little too stressful for like a fun night out with your friends. Well, this is the thing. I can't get to Harry Styles because I have a wedding in Byron Bay. It's broken her guys. No, no. I'm excited for the wedding in Byron Bay. (laughs) Let let the record show. Confirm or deny you did investigate whether you could go to the Sydney show. I investigated a few of them, but then I have 30ths on the Sydney show, which let the record show. Very happy to go to those too. Hooray. Um, But I'm imagining my 30-year-old sister and my 25-year-old brother who were going together, who are real lame and Harry Styles fans, <laughs> turning up and being given a fan project. They'd be like, what the fuck am I doing? It's honestly like you'd come from a different universe a bit, hey? Yes, absolutely. I don't think anyone is as passionate as maybe young Harry Styles fans. No, but I agree with you. There's, There's got to be something about the girl boss to oh. this. They're girl bossing real close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> close to the sun. Our third story. Did Barney get buckle fat removal? That is from The Cut. Guys, Mattel, which is the company behind some of your favourite kids' toys like Barbie and Barney, is reviving our favourite purple monster that like, most of us wait, remember. You don't know it's our favourite purple monster. <laughs> What other purple monster do you prefer? One of the Teletubbies is purple. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I could see you struggling. Uh, that. Yes, that is Poe. Did you even know that? No, the... Poe's red. Poe's uh, not red. Poe's red. Oh, let me look this up. <laughs> Poe. You know what? Let's just roll with it with Barney being our favourite purple monster. Annabelle, you can look up the colours of the tele. Poe, Poe is, is in red. fact red. Oh, Point well. to Annabelle and continue. <laughs> I don't know why we've gotten stuck on our favourite kids' toys, but Barney has been revived in 2023. Zara, he's coming back for a reported live-action Disney movie, and he's looking very different. Correct. Here's how the cut's Olivia Trafort Wong put it. In fact, new Barney looks so different from old Barney that fans are starting to question whether he went under the knife. SNL writer and director Zach Bornstein posted a tweet of a side-by-side comparison of the OG Barney, the Barney we know and love from the 90s, and the new 2023 Barney. His caption was rhinoplasty, lip filler, cheek implants, brow bone reduction, buckle fat removal, Botox, I lift that got tens of thousands of likes. Blogger Stephanus also tweeted, "Not Barney getting buckle fat removal." It's interesting because I think last week we spoke about Ozempic and that seeming to be quite widespread when it comes to weight loss. The other thing we probably haven't spoken about that seems to be everywhere at the moment, particularly in the celebrity and pop culture space, is buckle fat removal. 
and it's quite interesting that we're using an enormous purple dinosaur <laughs> as our entry point to talk about these. But I think it's time. It's time. Buckle fat removal is essentially the celebrity cosmetic surgery of the moment. I looked this up in the last fortnight. It has been written about three times in the cut. It's also been covered by Harper's Bazaar, the Sydney Morning Herald and Vogue. It's essentially a procedure that slims out your face by giving you a more gaunt appearance. Essentially, it's hollowing out the lower part of your face. They take out a fat pad underneath your cheeks or like the lower parts of your cheeks. And it gives the appearance of more defined cheekbones, a more chiseled face in general. Yeah, the cut spoke to beauty expert Matthew James, who said everyone wanted to look like Kylie Jenner. Now they want to look like Bella Hadid. Beverly Hills plastic surgeon Sagar Patel explained, instead of luscious lips and small noses, we're seeing defined jawlines and cheekbones. In 2017, it was about looking young and cute. But now people are like, I don't want to look like I'm 15. I want to look like I'm 28 and sexy. Mm. But it is really interesting that we've gone from a really pillowy, soft, plumped look to now a very chiseled, completely different vibe. And by the way, I hope it goes without saying, do whatever suits you. I've had anti-wrinkle in my forehead before, so I'm a big believer that you need to do what's right for you. But that said, when there's such a strong trend about what our faces should look like, it's something we should have a conversation about culturally. You are right, because it's kind of a messy conversation because you're talking about this in a way where it's like, if this is what you want to do, go for your life. Like it is your body. You can do whatever you want. But just as equally, you have a whole lot of young women and young men watching this on thinking like, do I need to be changing fundamental parts of who I am in order to fit in? Mm. And that's hard as well. So Mm. it's like, how do you have these conversations in a way that kind of serves both those camps of people? Yeah. It's also hard as well. I, I like that we can talk about this in reference to a pretend purple monster because we never really know which celebrities have or haven't had it done like some names have been thrown around we don't actually know that barney's had it. <laughs> just barney if you haven't then we're making space for that too one celebrity who has been honest about having buckle fat removal is chrissy teigen she actually had this done all the way back in 2021 before it became the trend of the moment Regardless, it is absolutely the new frontier of cosmetic surgery. One Beverly Hills cosmetic surgeon told The Cut they are booked out for buckle fat procedures until 2025. Do we believe that? (laughs) 2025? Yeah, no, I do. You reckon? Everywhere. And again, no shame. Like, if you want to do it, go for it. But God, it's so interesting how there is one look at any Any given given moment that is seen as the beauty ideal. And I'd never heard about this before, maybe the end of last year, and now it's everywhere completely agree coming up after the break we want to talk about a tell or memoir about an aussie media boss that's doing around and then another instagram from megan fox giving us an update on machine gun kelly (laughs) and finally some selena gomez hayley bieber thoughts Our fourth story, Pelt's Beckham wedding planner countersuit details, flower complaints and guest list like a murder scene. That is from The Independent. <laughs> so, <laughs> the drama. Guys, the Pelt's Beckham wedding planner saga continues as a very, very, very quick recap because I feel like lots of our listeners have been on this ride with us. Nicole and Ariana of Plan Design Events were hired by Nelson Peltz, Nicola Peltz Beckham's dad, six weeks before Nicola and Brooklyn tied the knot in April 2022. Less than a year later, it was reported that Nelson was suing the wedding planners for refusing to refund him his 159000 that's US dollar, deposit after they were fired. 
Now, if we thought there was already a lot of dirty laundry being aired, more is coming because the wedding planners have now filed a countersuit against Nelson, accusing the family of poor communication and of making a number of difficult demands on short notice. Why am I so obsessed with this entire story? Because I think I said this when the story first broke. I don't understand why the $159,000 deposit is worth it to a family like the Peltzers when this much dirty laundry and this much bad publicity is out there. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. So many question marks. Now, this countersuit, which was obtained by the Mail on Sunday, includes hundreds of WhatsApp messages and emails exchanged between Nicola and the wedding planners. Now, the wedding planners claim that Nicola Peltz-Beckham was, and we quote, too busy to speak on the phone and that the Peltzers were worried about Victoria Beckham finding out about any mistakes in the planning, including the guest list. Yeah, according to The Independent, the filing reportedly said both Claudia, which is Nicola's mum, and Nicola had insisted that Victoria Beckham could not know about any internal mistakes (laughs) regarding the ongoing planning of her son's wedding, including any errors with the guest list. Now, one message from Nicola to the wedding planners reportedly read, this is not what I asked for. Then in capital letters, I asked for our invite list. And then still in capital letters, in full stop, Vite. Full stop. (laughs) Not full stop. RSVP. Can you manage to send that to me? God. And then she apparently followed it up by saying, I don't want it to be so complicated. I just want a list, please, in capital letters. And then when Brooklyn messaged that group chat, calling the guest list a mess, she replied, OMG, more like in capital letters, a mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Nicola. More OMG, more like a murder scene. <laughs> what could possibly be happening to a guest list? That could make, make it like, like a murder scene. Scene. <laughs> it's like, it, This simply cannot be comparable to a murder scene. I just love them. Now, Nicola also reportedly disliked the suggestion to have Brooklyn and Nicola burgers served at the wedding. Now, this seems like it may have either been Brooklyn's idea or at least the wedding planner's idea that Brooklyn endorsed. Yes. Brooklyn was reportedly keen on having a double or single burger as the Brooklyn burger for guests and a Nicola burger, which, and I quote, is no bun. It's lettuce instead of bun and meat for the girls. <laughs> so oh, that's essentially God. implying so women wouldn't want the carbs of a bun. The women would just want a meat patty wrapped in a lettuce leaf. And I can tell you now, Brooklyn, <laughs> I, want a meat I didn't want that. It reminds me when you go to a pub and there's like a man-sized palmer <laughs> and then a measly little female-sized palmer. Now, reacting to the idea of one of the burgers being called Bag It Like Beckham, Nicola allegedly replied, these names are so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Bag It Like Beckham, I don't even really... Oh, I... I love that. You like that. that. You like that. No, no, no shame. You should love that. My taste's embarrassing. Nicola (laughs) Peltz-Beckham doesn't endorse. (laughs) No, they also, the the countersuit also reports or alleges that Claudia, again, Nicola's mum, didn't want Nicola's dad to know that Nicola's hair and makeup was costing £85,000. Now, dear Jose, if you're spending £85,000 on hair and makeup, you can cop... $159,000 
for a deposit. I You're agree. fine. That is such an obscene amount of money on some hair and makeup that you wipe off at the end of the day. Don't get me wrong. Love hair and makeup artists. Think they do incredible work. But 85 grand on no, hair and pound. makeup? It is at the moment with the conversion rate $148,000 in Australian money. How many? I don't know. I truly <laughs> don't know how it costs that much. Did she pay for every guest to have their hair and makeup done? Or did she, like, is this what it costs to have the Maybe upper echelon? gold-plated little plaits or something. <laughs> I mean, she looked beautiful, but she would not wear plaits. <laughs> yeah, well, she obviously didn't. That is well. embarrassing. Yeah, Sarah. that was embarrassing. <laughs> Our fifth story. <laughs> Greg Highwood praises ex-wife's tell-all memoir revealing his infidelity. That is from The Australian. And Mish, this is the story that certainly had you and... And oh. I in a chokehold this week. I tore into my mum, Vicky's house this week and basically was like, you must read this. I did exactly the same with my mum. I was out for coffee and I said to mum, you would love this. And then the rest of the day, she was just texting me excerpts from the piece. Okay. Well, I wish Vicky had the same reaction. Did she Trish not? Did. She just kind of, her eyes kind of glazed over. <laughs> I was like, did I do a bad job explaining why you should care about this? Well, if Vicky Andrews <laughs> is listening, let's give her a good job of explaining why she should care. Right. Well, if you do not recognise the name Greg High would do not fear we promise you will care about this story greg highwood is the former ceo of fairfax that is of course the publisher of the sydney morning herald and the age now owned by nine he was married for 30 years to kate leg now she is a former senior writer at the weekend australian magazine so both pretty influential well very influential people in the media space for sure and not a super famous couple but a pretty high profile couple in the industry Now, these two have made headlines again this week because Kate has written a memoir detailing her ex-husband's many affairs over the course of their marriage. The book is titled Infidelity and Other Affairs. It is being released next week and you bet we are going to get our hands on it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it has been revealed in the PR for this memoir that one of Greg's affairs was actually with Kate's close friend who was a parent at their son's school. What might take people by surprise, perhaps, what certainly has taken you and I by surprise, Zara, is that Greg has spoken about this book publicly and been nothing but glowing. He completely endorses his ex-wife writing about the way that he was unfaithful to her, the many ways he was unfaithful to her. In fact, in an interview with The Australian, Greg described the book as beautifully written and said it is filled with insight and empathy. Yeah, his quotes went on and he said, Kate's book should stand alone as her perspective of the people and events and vagaries of life that have shaped her. He went on and said, I have supported her in this endeavour at every stage. As a journalist, editor and media executive, my career has been devoted to the stories of people's lives, the good, the bad, the ugly. I could hardly object merely because for a change I was the subject. I am floored by how diplomatic and kind these two are to each other and how this story is seemingly being told in a way that feels productive for all involved. Oh my God. Like how amazing. I mean, the betrayals in this marriage are truly something to read about and behold. Like the way he betrayed his wife is pretty gobsmacking. Yeah, we should say very quickly as well, there was an excerpt in the Good Weekend magazine on Saturday. That's why we've had like a little taster. We've had a little taste and boy oh boy was it tasty. It was. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I'll stop that. <laughs> but the way he betrayed her is pretty gobsmacking. Yeah. But the fact that they're now friends and the fact he was helping her with drafts of this book. Yes, he was my, helping her with it. My favourite thing 
ever. They're quite good friends, reportedly now. Both, according to the Australian, have moved on with other people but are really, really close mates. Now, the other thing that is really fascinating about this book is how Kate is going to reportedly talk about how infidelity in her family, Mish, can be tracked by generations. Yeah, well, her husband, she kind of goes back through the lineage of her husband's family and looks at the affairs in every relationship. Here's one passage that really got our attention in that Sydney Morning Herald excerpt. Now, this was written straight after Kate described how she had caught Greg cheating. Six months later, I was holidaying in New South Wales, giddy in pursuit of a new romance when my mobile phone woke me at 3am. My son's fiance was on the other end and could hardly breathe. She'd caught him having an affair. I walked into the forest barefoot to find better reception. My heart thumped as I listened to her wail. I consoled her as best I could, then flew to her side. I thought about my son, my husband, his father, his grandmother. I couldn't ignore this house of cards. She's added her own kid. Yes, but I think that's the other thing. No parent is going to do that without the consent of everyone involved. So for this family to come together and say, absolutely, let's tell this story, I just find incredible. And I think it's so easy for tell-all memoirs like this to get a reputation for being incredibly trashy or selfish. I don't believe that tell-all memoirs always are, but that's certainly the reputation they have. But I think in this case, it just seems like the kind of book that everybody's on board with and relatively highbrow considering the contents of what's inside based on the excerpt that we've read the writing is stunning we will be reading that book we'll pop up a review on the shameless book club instagram page once we have so go follow us on there and tell us are you going to be reading it because i am so excited i am too our sixth story exclusive It really bothers him. Leonardo DiCaprio is desperate to ditch his reputation for only dating women under the age of 25 and wants a real mature romance like the one he had with Camilla Marone. That is from the Daily Mail. (laughs) Now, guys, apparently Leo DiCaprio is not pleased with the fact that we are all laughing at his expense. Let's read straight from the introduction of this Daily Mail article. Yeah, let's do that because it started with this. Leonardo DiCaprio is not pleased with the ongoing jokes and speculation about his love life and is desperate to ditch his image of only dating women under the age of 25 while settling down in a more mature relationship. It's not an image of him only. (laughs) Yeah, it's It's a a fact. fact. (laughs) Anyway, the article went on. A source close to the 48-year-old actor laid bare his frustrations over the scrutiny he faces every time he's photographed with a young woman while revealing that the Titanic star wants to find a real relationship. Much like the long-term romance he had with 25-year-old model Camilla Marone. I mean, she's 25 now. She was like 20 when they started dating. Yeah, she was 20. I think he was about 42. So, yeah, I mean, it's sort of quite good publicity spin. (laughs) Now, the piece went on. Leo is very single right now and he is not keen on the hype suggesting that he is seeking out these very young women. He is looking for something more mature in the relationship department. The piece went on, it's just ridiculous because he cannot go anywhere without being linked to the youngest, beautifulest, sorry, not beautiful, (laughs) that's not the quote, that's that's my mayo, the youngest, beautiful woman there, the source adds. He wants to ditch this image once and for all and he is really bothered that this continues to follow him. (laughs) 
Leo wants something like he had with Camilla, something real. I sort of feel like I'm in a matrix or something. And I've got these lines being thrown at me so that I must just listen to them. He wants something that he had with Camilla, something real, and he doesn't like this image. But he created this image for himself because this is who he dated. Camilla's literally 22 years younger than him. What does he mean? He wants something to like go against the grain. Camilla wasn't going against the grain. Well, what I think he's trying to tell us is that he wasn't just dating Camilla as a fling like it was a serious relationship but I don't think anyone was actually questioning that I don't care that's the thing it's like not really the point it is interesting because it feels very much like this is a plant right yeah I think this is absolutely a source from Leo DiCaprio's camp we don't always think that when we read kind of anonymous sources in the Daily Mail but I think this has gotten so big so fast he needs to now try and course correct publicly. Well, I think because also the conversation, even the conversation that we were having was, is this funny anymore? And I think he could probably handle it when it was just a joke. But when people started to get a bit serious about it and say like, is this something we should be on guard about? People were using the word predatory and getting hundreds of thousands of likes. Correct, correct. So I imagine now his team feels like they need to course correct. So whether that means he needs to date someone his own age, I don't know. I know this is like an obscene question to even ask as if it's like totally out of the realm of possibility. Would he date a middle-aged woman? Like, would he date a 45-year-old woman similar to him? maybe for a PR relationship. That would look too obvious. I think his next PR relationship, (laughs) his next pap photo needs to be with like a... 30-year-old. Mark my words, he will date a 28 or 29-year-old next. I feel like I can inch towards like the upper tier of the 20s, but I'm not going higher than that. Don't make me go to 30. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Our seventh story. Megan Fox breaks silence on reports there was suspected cheating in Machine Gun Kelly relationship. That's from Elle. Yeah, guys, last week we told you about Megan Fox. She was having quite the time over on Instagram. She deleted all photos of her fiancé, Machine Gun Kelly. She also unfollowed every celebrity apart from three. She was still following Timothy Chalamet, Harry Styles, and Machine Gun Kelly's arch nemesis, Eminem. She also posted a carousel of photos, including a photo of her appearing to burn a letter of some sort. She captioned that carousel with Beyonce's lyrics, you can taste the dishonesty, it's all over your breath. Those lyrics were included on Beyonce's 2016 album on cheating, Lemonade. She also then responded to a fan comment that suggested Machine Gun Kelly had cheated on Megan with his guitarist, Sophie Lloyd. To that, Megan Fox responded, maybe I got with Sophie. She then deleted her account. Yeah, in the week since, Sophie Lloyd has actually really copped it. Her management team issued a statement to Page Six saying that she never had any romantic involvement with Machine Gun Kelly or anything to do with whatever was happening between him and Megan Fox. The statement read, Sophie Lloyd is a professional, accomplished musician who has been needlessly dragged into the media based off meritless accusations made by social media. Any suggestion that she has ever acted in an unprofessional manner or stepped out of her relationship are untrue. It is disrespectful to her as a female artist and poor journalism and social commentary to be reporting anything else. That is so bang on, right? This is a woman in her workplace, like as a guitarist, who is having people talk about her. But Megan Fox was the one that could have shut this down and didn't. Yeah. Well, this is where I get really annoyed. And by the way, you might have guessed from that statement we just read out, Sophie is in a relationship of her own. She has been with her partner, Christopher Painter, for five years. So I think that's important context as well. 
Megan Fox has tried to position this whole story as if it was all the media's making, which has really annoyed us both. She returned to Instagram on Monday to write, there has been no third party interference in this relationship of any kind. That includes, but is not limited to, actual humans, DMs, AI bots, or succubus demons. Don't know. She then said, while I do hate to rob you of running random baseless news stories that would have been much more accurately written by chat GPT, you need to let this story die and leave all these innocent people alone now. She disabled comments on the post. I want to talk to you guys about this because I think this is my least favorite kind of celebrity social media behavior. Megan Fox created all of this. She lit the match, poured fuel on the fire and walked away and is now pointing to that fire saying the media is fucked up. We would not have been talking about you, Machine Gun Kelly or poor Sophie Lloyd if you hadn't have done everything you did last week. (laughs) Absolutely. It's kind of like when someone on social media is like teasing something incessantly out that might be kind of private and then a follower messages them saying, just tell us what's going on. And they're like, how dare you? How dare you ask me that? And it's like, don't invade my privacy. Yeah, it's like you've been (laughs) teasing something out for like months, telling half a story to kind of bait people. And then you're shocked that people are asking questions. You're doing this for attention, which is fine. We all do things every single day. I mean, we're all on social media for attention. Yeah, it's absolutely normal. But just admit that you're doing it for attention. Like, I'd love to sit Megan down and be like, what is the other purpose of what you did last (laughs) week? If it's not to get the media to talk about you, if it's not to get attention from your followers and the people in your orbit, you created this. It's of your own making. Just fucking own it. Annabelle, are you annoyed by this or am I just... I went from being so happy. (laughs) I love you guys. And I'm like, I'm mad. I agree with you. I just didn't even really know this happened. I'm not really on the the Megan Fox train. I am not really either. (laughs) I I did turn to Zara and say, we simply must talk about this again. Yeah, well, we finished it. (laughs) Eighth and final story. Selena Gomez reacts to deleted Hailey Bieber TikTok seemingly about her. That is from page six. I really need to find a place to talk about this, so it's lucky that we host a pop culture podcast. (laughs) Now, this story kind of dates back to January and it's a few days old, but I truly am not seeing many people talk about it. Back in January, Selena Gomez made headlines because she was body shamed after posing for paparazzi photos in a bathing suit while on holiday in Cabo on a boat. It was when she was hanging out with Nicola and Brooklyn on that boat. And so that was a really awful thing to happen and there's no doubt it was happening to Selena Gomez at that time. About five days later, Hayley Bieber posted on TikTok, it was a video with Kendall Jenner and another friend whose name I don't know, and they were mouthing the words to a really viral audio clip that is still going viral on TikTok, which is basically the line, I'm not saying she deserved it, but God's timing is always right. You guys know the one. Yes. I will quickly say as well, while I've said that out loud, it is a a slightly catty sound. It's also not directed at anyone. And most people do use the sound as tongue in cheek. Anyway, it's everywhere, that trend. And people assumed that Hayley made that video about Selena and the body shaming. So initially I was like, well, this is a bit of a reach. No one will jump on this bandwagon, right? Yeah, yeah. Because why would anyone do that? And also... 
It's just a trend. It's well, that's the thing. It could people, be about anything. People just mouth words to the trends with their friends or getting ready or to do transitions. So because people assumed she was throwing shade at Selena, Haley just deleted the video because there were heaps of comments coming in, as they always do. And after that, a TikToker with the username Ellen Acurio posted a video saying that the whole thing was absolutely awful of Haley Bieber. I want to play you a snippet of what she said in this video. I'm not even like an avid follower of the situation, but isn't Haley the one that like begs Selena? to tell off her fans for bullying her. I mean, Haley's a bitch, right? So Haley's a bitch. I it's so intense for and something aggressive. that we don't know. I'm curious, do we know what Haley's caption was when she posted the original video with like she didn't at Selena no, Gomez. It's so I think it's like so obviously not about Selena Gomez. Have you listened to anything Hayley Bieber has ever said about the sort of quote-unquote feud with Selena? And the only thing she's ever tried to do is desperately get away from it and desperately trying to get away from the commentary. Like the Call Her Daddy interview, she had like a stress rash when she was even talking about it. Yeah. So for someone like that to then deliberately create a video when Selena Gomez is being body shamed, sorry, it is so far out of the realm of possibility for me, it's impossible. Yeah, same. So this video is obviously quite nasty i mean to finish with i mean Haley's a bitch it's very intense very fiery language what i don't understand is why the hell selena gomez commented on that video <laughs> she commented it's okay i don't let these things get me down be nice to everyone x and i think this zeroes in on what i've had an issue with with selena gomez maybe for the last 12 months this rhetoric of be nice to everyone. You're commenting on a video where someone is being called a bitch and then you're saying, well, let's all be nice to each other, actively encouraging a rampage against Hayley Bieber, knowing full well what that's going to do. When we know that like, there is such a little chance, a tiny chance that this video was made about her. But Selena knew that she was going to comment on it and make people think that the video was about her. What are we expecting of Hayley Bieber? She needs to live her life out online constantly in the context of every bit of commentary around Selena Gomez. She can't have a moment to talk about anything without it being drawn into, well, is this referencing Selena? And Selena's in the news a lot, so you could kind of pull that... There could you be know, anything. anything. Haley then replied on the same thread, which has since been deleted, saying, I never comment on this type of thing, but we were just having a girls' night and did a random TikTok sound for fun. It is not directed at anybody. Why is Selena Gomez I so actually, invested in pushing this forward when they literally posed together at the end of last year and we thought they had put this whole stupid drama to bed? Yeah, I agree with that. I don't understand why they even bothered doing the PR photo if this is what's going to happen later. I do have to be honest, there's absolutely absolutely nothing worse than a celebrity that says be nice to everyone while actually pushing a really nasty nasty rhetoric sorry i know there are a lot of salona stands out there and they might come for me but it's true no i don't don't push this kindness thing when you're actively making someone's life worse i agree i don't care if people disagree to be honest yeah you might like selena gomez but in this scenario i cannot see how this behavior is okay nobody knows what that original video was about it could be about nothing. It could just be doing the trend. It could be about a thousand other people <laughs> or things going on in Hayley Bieber's life. To draw the assumption that it is definitely about Selena Gomez being body shamed is such a leap. 
I am just baffled that she is doing this after they buried the hatchet. They put and it all to this bed. This is not at all buried for me anymore. Anyway, that's what I really needed to talk about because I'm not seeing anyone say that this video was very likely not about Selena oh. Gomez. That's all we've got time for today. <laughs> yeah, that's all we've got time for. I'm going to reinvigorate my happy vibes because this has also pissed me yeah. off. <laughs> She's an angry woman. <laughs> Guys, come and follow us over on Instagram. We are at Shameless Podcast. We'll put a snippet up of this episode for you to look into the studio. We also do that over on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. And well, anything else to add? Yes, yes I do. Yes, she does. Look up on Saturday where we have a lot of thoughts. We weren't very happy on that pod either. <laughs> it's genuinely unhinged, that podcast episode. Lots of grumpy podcasts coming your way. Thank you so much, guys. We'll be back in your ears on Saturday. Bye. <laughs>